0: Of uh, Professor John Feigenbaum, who was also m- my PhD advisor. Um, Dr. John holds an assistant professor position at SUNY Buffalo, and he's currently on leave for postdoc uh, research at the DIMAX Center. Uh, his research interests are very broad, including security and incentives in data mining databases and uh, wireless networks, and also he's also interested in cryptography and game
1: theory. Thanks. <clears throat> so, today is my great honor to give this talk at a series <clears throat> which is a prestigious place uh, in the security world. Uh, <clears throat> uh, because I, I'm not feeling terribly well, so let me apologize in advance. If I make any errors, please forgive me. <clears throat> so, uh, today, in my plan, there are actually two talks, uh, depending on the time. The first one I will definitely cover is Privacy Enhancing K-Anonymization of uh, Customer Data, which will appear in uh, post 2005. Uh, if time allows, I will also present uh, uh, Privacy Preserving Classification Without Loss of eff- Accuracy, which, appear, which just appeared in SDM 2005. So both both pieces of work were joint work with Zhicheng uh, uh, Yang and uh, Rebecca N. Wright. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> so privacy-enhancing key anonymization of customer data. So <clears throat> uh, first of all, why would you bother to study? Uh, this topic, right? so what is k anonymization? Why is it useful okay so let's consider a scenario of medical research, okay so here you can see a table this is a table of um, uh, health information, so each row contains the health information of a customer okay so of course <clears throat> you know this table has to be made uh, uh, public, at least um, it should be made public to the doctors, right? Um, so before it is made public, it, it is de-identified, which means all the identifiers of uh, the customers have been removed from the table to protect the customer's <laughs> privacy, okay? However, <clears throat> so we we, we note that... Uh, uh, here we have some uh, privacy-sensitive information, for example, the history of the illness. illness. Right? If we can link any role with uh, uh, the with, uh, individual who, 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 ha- who is corresponding to this role, then, you know, for example, you can know uh, who has what kind of history of illness. Then privacy is violated. So, so here, here we make it clear what what kind of a security threat we we have here. Okay, so so uh, you might wonder, uh, given given the fact that the identifiers have been removed, how can you link a, a row to the corresponding individual? So the idea is that uh, we still have some attributes remaining, and these attributes are called quasi-identifiers. For example, uh, date of birth and zip code shown here, right? So consider (coughs) a row, this row uh, emphasized here, right? So this row shows the the date of birth and the zip code of an individual, as well as his allergic information and history of illness. So this bad guy looks at this row and thinks, OK, I know Victor is the only person who, is, who was born on this date and uh, in this area of uh, uh, this zip code. So, so I can determine he, Victor is exactly the person corresponding to, to this row. And uh, now I know he has a history of a stroke. So this is too bad, and we definitely don't want this to happen. So to avoid this, Samarati <coughs> and uh, Sweeney propose a very powerful tool called k-anonymization or k-anonymity. <coughs> so the idea is that we can eliminate <coughs> such link from a row to the person through quasi-identifiers. <coughs> so for example, we have, here we show two ways to, to, to remove this, uh, these links. So one is, in a, you, you can see in the column of the date of birth, we suppress some entries. So we, we replace these entries with, with star. So that's called a suppression, OK? The other method is uh, uh, called a generalization, which is illustrated in the column of zip code. So you generalize a, a zip code of 07029 to 0702 star, so which means anything any zip code starts with 0702, OK? So <coughs> using all these kinds of methods, we can make a table k-anonymous. So <clears throat> what what is k anonymous? So, the formal definition is that for each value of quasi identifier attributes, either it appears for at least k times in the table, or it does not appear at all. Okay, so clearly, if a table has this appropriate property, we can ensure that <clears throat> each row of the table is hidden in at among at least k rows. Or in other words, each person involved is hidden in at least k peers. <clears throat> so this is the basic idea of K anonymity. Is that clear? Good. Okay. <clears throat> so K anonymity Clearly, k-anonymity protects individual privacy. So, taking a, if the bad guy we, we just mentioned see this k-anonymous table, he has an, no idea <coughs> which of the records corresponding corresponds to Victor, and then you know he he was confused. <coughs> so, k-anonymization is a very powerful tool. Has been studied extensively uh, by various researchers, <clears throat> but but uh, uh, but uh, as far as as we know, all these previous works are in the centralized model, which means <clears throat> we have a centralized uh, authority, central authority, who takes the the raw table as input, and outputs a k-anonymous table, okay? In this, type, in this work, we consider extending, extending this tool to the distributed scenario. So what's the distributed scenario? Suppose we have a number of customers, and uh, we have a central miner, okay? or you can say it's not a necessary. Miner or a publisher, okay? So each of these customers holds one row of the table, and uh, the the customer the customer is happy to submit his data to to this uh, to this miner or publisher uh, for the for the benefit of uh, uh, say medical research. However, this this is uh, under the condition that his own privacy is not violated. So, so we want the the miner to see a k-anonymous version of the raw table, but not the raw table itself. Okay. So the privacy guarantee we need here is that the miner should not be able to associate the sensitive information in the table with the corresponding customer. So you might already notice that this this description is not terribly precise. No, it isn't. So actually, we can formulate this problem in various ways. And in this paper, we pick two ways, okay? For both formulations, we give solutions. <clears throat> the first formulation is extracting the k-anonymous part of the table. <clears throat> so what wh- what is k-anonymous part of the table? Well, the k-anonymous part of the table is just uh, the maximum subset of rows of the table that is k-anonymous, okay? So clearly, if we just take this subset of rows, it's k-anonymous, and we can view this procedure as k-anonymization. So so in the first formulation, we, 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 do, we want a protocol that implements this extraction in a privacy-preserving way. And the privacy protection we want here is to hide the sensitive information outside of this part, this k-anonymous part, from the miner. Well, we <clears throat> we are going to give the details a little while later. Okay, another formulation is a, 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 an existing algorithm called MW algorithm, and we present a privacy-preserving part a version of this MW algorithm. And the privacy protection is to hide the cozy identifiers suppressed by this algorithm from the miner. So <clears throat> if you are confused at this point, um <clears throat> don't worry. We we will make it clear later. Okay. So here is the details of the <clears throat> first uh, problem formulation. So look at this table. Okay? The green part is the k-anonymous part, okay? Because it's, it's a maximum subset of rows that is k-anonymous. <clears throat> and we want to build a protocol that computes this k-anonymous part of the, of the raw data, okay? And what's the privacy guarantee? So recall that we want we want to prevent the miner from from linking a row to the to uh, from linking the private information in a row to the corresponding individual. Okay. So here, you know, the miner the miner sees for the k-anonymous part. Since it's already k-anonymous, we don't worry about it. So all we worry about is uh, the 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 rows outside of the k k anonymous part. If we can hide the sensitive information in these rows from the miner, then we are done. Okay, is it clear? So, uh, why do you list these four rows? Uh, row one, row two, and row five, uh, row one, row five is k anonymous part. I I didn't see any
0: help.
1: Uh, similarity between them. Uh, okay. So here k equals two. Okay. okay, and you see the first row and the, the last row has the same have the same quasi identifier. You see it, and the second row and the the fourth row also have the same quasi identifier. So you know for these rows. You know, each of them is hidden in a, at least the two rows, and then we say it's two too anonymous. OK, so k is equal to 2 here. Yeah, k equals 2 here. Question? Oh, no. OK, good. So, so, so the privacy guarantee we want here is to hide the sensitive attributes in the rows outside the k-anonymous part from the miner, okay. So how can we do this? The basic idea is that each customer encrypts her sensitive attributes using an encryption key that can be derived if and only if there are at least k rows whose quasi-identifiers are equal. So this is pretty long sentence but I don't I didn't figure out a way to simplify it. So <clears throat> you see if if this is true then what can we get? So we can we can reword this sentence in another way which is the sentence below if and only if there are at least k customers Whose quasi identifiers are equal? See, this is uh, just uh, exactly the same if and only if part of the formal sentence, right? The miner is able to see the sensitive attributes. Why is that? Well, <clears throat> the the miner can derive derive the encryption key, and so he he can he he can uh, he can see the sensitive attributes. If he cannot, you know. Because the attributes are encrypted, he has no idea what is in it, okay so now so and we notice that the 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 below part is exactly what we want, okay so now we now all we need is to build the first the first sentence so how can we build how can we have each customer encrypt her sensitive attributes in this way or or say how can we build this kind of key structure such that you know only if this condition is satisfied <coughs> the the key can be de- derived okay so <clears throat> now now let's let me explain how we how can how we can build a key that is derivable only with greater than or equal to k quasi, uh k quasi IDs that are equal. So the idea is pretty simple. We make the key equal to a, a function of the corresponding causal IDs. So. And this key is shared among the customers using a threshold K secret sharing scheme. And each customer submits one key of the shares corresponding to her quasi-identifier. So for those of you who are not very familiar with uh, cryptography, so a secret sharing scheme with threshold K means... You know, if you want if you want to learn this secret, which is the encryption key here, you need to know at least the so-called k k shares. Okay. Note that each customer submits one share of the key corresponding to her cause identifier. So, if there are at least k customers. With the same cosy the ident- the ID, then they will submit the shares of the same key. Okay, so so then the miner has at least k shares of the same key, and he can he can derive the encryption key he wants. Otherwise, because there there are fewer than k shares of the key, he cannot derive the key. So this is pretty simple. However, this is only a pseudo solution because there is still one question left. What's the question? OK. So the question is, for customers with the same value of cozy ID, can they use the same key to encrypt sensitive attributes? The answer is, unfortunately, no. Because in this way, one customer can decrypt another customer's sensitive attributes when they, when they are using the same key. So then what can we do? We, we want to make each customer has a different key, different encryption key for her sensitive attributes. But on the other hand we still want to ensure each of these keys is derivable if and only if there are k custom at least a k customers having the same cozy ID. So how how can we do this? Well, <clears throat> we do this using 2-2n-k two, two Shamir secret sharing. So <clears throat> so in this 2NK streamer secret sharing, with, with, we set up for each value of Cose ID, we set up a degree k minus 1 polynomial. And each customer knows two points on this polynomial. And the, the key for encryption is decided by one point on the polynomial. The other point is submitted. So let, let me show you this figure. <clears throat> so you can see here we have five customers with the same quasi ID. Okay? So we build a degree K minus 1 polynomial for, for that. And the each we have two two kinds of points on on this polynomial. The red po- uh, the red points are submitted to the miner, and the green points decide the encryption keys of different customers. And we can see you know, different customers have different encryption keys. OK? Can you explain why you are doing
0: this again? Why are you
1: having two points for each?
0: Two points for each? For
1: each customer. Why are the two points for each customer? Uh, because we want to separate, we, we want to have each different customer has a different encryption key, OK? So if they have the same key.
0: So by key, you mean the share? The share?
1: No, the key. The encryption key of the But
0: the encryption key is the intercept of this figure, right?
1: No, no, no. This figure is built up. Uh, uh, th- this is a new solution. This is not a. Not, not a not as equal to the previous pseudo solution. I guess the question is, what's the relationship
0: between the encryption key and the point on
1: yes. this curve? Encryption, encryption key, key and uh, so, <clears throat> so the encryption key. So this for each customer, we see we uh, each customer has a a, a green point here mm-hmm. on this polynomial. and uh, her encryption key is. Uh, a function of this green point. Is this that clear?
0: And everyone has a
1: different function or same okay. function.
0: Real example. And a public yeah.
1: function. Public. public function and is the same function. Okay? Clear?
0: So is it has is this function have certain properties or it's just any function?
1: Uh, this function. Well, not, uh, not a, any function works because we have some other subtle points here uh, which I don't want to explain, which would bring things to even complicated scenario. But, uh, I mean, here you don't... So, so here, for, for the rough idea, you don't need to consider any additional property of this function.
0: Because the function has to avoid hitting the red point.
1: Yeah, and the function should not evaluate to right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you are right. So, actually, one, one, one additional property of this function is that it has to be one way. You, you want, so, it, if you know this green point, you can figure out uh, the encryption key, but uh, not the, the reverse way.
0: Are the x coordinates of this point public information?
1: Yes. Okay. So, so the idea is here. Here is that the green points are submitted to to the miner. Okay. So let's consider the case where at where k k customers having the same quasi IDs, then the miner gets receives k red points on this curve. Thus, he can interpolate this curve using these k red points. And because the x-axis of these green points are public, he can easily figure out uh, all these green points. And then he can derive the encryption keys. But here you violate
0: one thing. You assume you need
1: k Customers, customers, right? To uh, k customers to derive the key. Yes.
0: Because here you need k over two customers. If each customer decided to send both his red and green points, then
1: you would only need k over two customers. Well, this we only consider semi honest uh, case, which means that the all these customers are follow the protocol, but they are curious. So if they follow the protocol, you don't need
0: two points.
1: Follow the protocol, don't need to put two points. Why? Why not?
0: Because if you assure that each one of them will
1: use one point,
0: then, uh, and not uh, disclose that point uh, to anyone, this means that
1: they are, uh, that no one can uh, derive their point, so you don't need the other point. But how can the miner derive this point?
0: Of course they would send it to the miner, but I don't until now see why you need two points.
1: Do you have an example that shows this in action? Do you? I need some. sorry i don't so I, <clears throat> so the, the the point is that you want to allow the the miner to 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 derive this uh, these encryption keys if and only if there are k customers at least k customers having the same cozy IDs so if if <clears throat> if uh, if either if each of them simply submits in an independent encryption key, then no matter no matter there are K such customers or or not, you know, the, the miner is always able to derive the encryption key. Is that clear? Okay. Sorry, this is pretty theoretical stuff and um, <clears throat> just cannot <laughs> give more more concrete um <clears throat> illustrations. <clears throat> so, so this this explains uh, the uh, the the solution to our first uh, first uh, problem uh, problem formulation. So, I, so I I need to go quickly because the second formulation is much more complicated. <clears throat> so, the second formulation in the second formulation. Uh, the centralized algorithm we consider is the MW algorithm which uses suppression to, to k-anonymize the table. Okay? You can see various entries are replaced by stars. This is called suppression. Okay? <clears throat> and the privacy guarantee we want is that the miner should not learn the, co- the suppressed entries. So if the miner does not know these suppressed entries clearly, all he sees is just this k-anonymized table and um, nothing else. Okay, this is, is this clear? This Mw algorithm is pretty complicated. <clears throat> it it includes three phases. In the first phase, it computes. The distance between each pair of rows. So, what's what's a, what's the distance of, of two between two rows? Well, the distance is defined as the number of columns in which they have different values. Okay. So, the the distance between two rows are just the number of columns in which they have different values. Okay. And in the second phase, using the output of the first phase, the algorithm computes a k partition of the table. so the k partition of the table just is just a <coughs> uh is just a family of subset uh subsets of rows okay and these subsets are disjoint and their union is equal to the Original table, and if if each subset contains at least a k rows, then we call this this family a k partition of the the of the of the table. And in the third phase, the algorithms computes a k anonymous table using the output of the second phase. So here the f- to build a protocol, privacy preserving protocol for this algorithm, we notice that the second phase is pretty trivial because using the output of the first phase, the the uh the miner can simply do it locally, and there is no additional privacy uh, additional information leak. So so this, <coughs> so this is easy. Then all we need is a protocol for the first phase and a protocol for the third phase. OK, so now let's build a protocol for the first phase. So <coughs> consider two rows, the i-th row and the i'-th row. And also, a column, which is a jth column, OK? Now we define a variable called a sigma sub j super i prime, which is equal to 1 if the two rows have the same value in this column. And it is equal to a uniformly random value otherwise, OK? Given this definition, we can see, we can easily see, the distance between the i-th and the i-prime throw is exactly equal to the number of ones in this set. Sigma sigma sub j super i prime for i equals 1 through m. What is the range you
0: are picking uniform random
2: from?
1: Well, I I intentionally hide this range because we we need some additional property of this range later. So I will make it clear later.
0: Just roughly,
1: how many values are in there? Infinite. Or? Oh no, finite, but uh, it needs to be expo- exponentially many. Okay, <clears throat> okay. so given this relationship we have reduced the problem of computing the distance to the problem of computing this variable sigma so here this answers your question in what kind of range we we pick this element we have to work in a prime order cyclic group because only in this situation we have the it is the additional property we need here okay so in this slide, we explain how we compute this uh, new variable sigma. So we 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 further observe that in in a prime order cyclic group, we have this this additional relationship, which is the sigma sub j super i i prime equals the jth coset id of the ith row. Over the Jth cause the ID of the I prime throw raised to a uniformly random exponent. So this exponent is picked uniformly random from uh, uh, from the the set one uh, one through q, where q is the cardinality of the, the of the group. Okay? So now, <clears throat> so, so you, you might wonder why this is true. Observe that if these two entries are equal, then we have one in, in this, uh, we, we have y inside. And of course, we, how, no matter what, what kind of exponent we pick, the si- sigma is always equal to 1 in this case. So we have one when these two entries are equal. And we have a uniformly random element if they are not equal. So
0: it's a division, modular division. You
1: are doing a division in the group? Yes. So now, we have further reduced the problem to computing the quotient of two entries. Okay, so how can we compute the quotient? So this is pretty simple. We use a multiplicative homomorphic encryption scheme. So by saying an encryption scheme is multiplicative homomorphic, we mean taking two <coughs> taking two encryptions, you can easily compute an encryption of the co- of the product of their clear text. Okay, So you don't need to do multiplication and, uh, and division on the clear text. You can directly do it on the encryptions. So now, given this encryption scheme, the customers can, <clears throat> uh, the miner can compute the encryption of the quotient and the customers can jointly help the miner to decrypt the quotient. Using an existing technique called threshold decryption, which was invented by Desmet and Franco in uh, 1989. So good, we are done with first phase one. Could you go back to where phase one is described. Oh yeah, sure. So, so we are done with phase one. So we we have a series of reductions from uh, computing distances to to computing sigma, and from computing sigma to computing quotient, and then we we show how to compute in quotient, okay? Now, we need a protocol for phase three. Phase three, computing the k-anonymized table from k-partition. Recall, a a k-partition is just a partition of of the table into subsets of rows, and uh, each subset contains at least k rows, okay? So in the MW algorithm, taking the output of phase two, which is a k-partition, all, all we need to do is uh, the following. If all rows in a subset agree on on a quasi ID, no operation is needed. Otherwise, replace the values of this quasi ID with star. That's it. So this is a very, very simple operation. <clears throat> so. Now the question is, how can we do this in a privacy-preserving way? Because <clears throat> we won't have all these, we won't have the outputs of phase two in in clear text to to the to the miner. The miner only has encryptions of the k partition. So <clears throat> to do this, we again have an observation so this observation is with high probability all rows in the subset agree on the j cause id if and only if the product of these sigmas is equal to 1 why is this true well think about it so these <laughs> if if there are uh let's see yes if if they all have the same values in this quasi id then all these sigma sigmas are equal to 1 okay then clearly the the product of them is also equal to 1 otherwise they <coughs> there will be at least one uniformly random uh, uniformly random value so there will be some uniformly r- random values times some some ones so so the the result is a still a uniformly random value and with high probability it won't be equal to one okay now <clears throat> so Recall that we can compute all the all the encryptions of these sigma j uh, these sigmas uh, uh, in the in the first phase. Okay, we have all the encryptions of these sigmas. So all we need to do <coughs> all we need to do is first we multiply all these encryptions together using the homomorphic property of the encryption scheme. And then we use a threshold decryption technique to, to help the miner to get, get the value of this product. And the miner compares it to one and knows whether the entry needs to be suppressed. Clear? Hmm, I have confused everybody. So the, idea, so the idea here is that, okay, in phase one, we already have the encryptions of each sigma. And now, first, using the homomorphic property, the, the miner can compute the encryption of this product. Okay? Then using this threshold decryption technique, he can decrypt this product. Then he compares this to one. And using this, this uh, new observation, he knows whether he should suppress the entry, because the entry should be suppressed if and only if all those in this subset agree on this quasi ID. That's it. So, <clears throat> questions. Yes?
2: Question about the first part, Uh, your first approach. You Uh. said that my understanding is that some parts of the database are key anonymous, but some others are not. And your key will allow you to decrypt only those that have key or more records of the same plus ID. And my question is, is can I access other information at all, or it's lost to me forever? I mean, by accessing, I mean it doesn't mean that I want to get individual entries. Maybe you can anonymize them, for example, by replacing the last uh, digit of the zip code, and they will still be key anonymous, but I'll get access to them.
1: OK. Uh, so, uh, so the answer to this question is that, so first, you, when the problem is formulated in this way, you have lost all the information outside the k-anonymous K part. Second, <clears throat> yes, you are right. Uh, it would be more desirable if we can r- preserve some information in the last part. And this is why we, we want to study the second formulation. And uh, I think maybe there are some some formula- some other formulations that uh, can even better capture this problem, but uh, this is uh, this this might be worth <laughs> some further study. I guess In this
2: case, I mean, you don't have to replace the entire birth date, right? You can replace the month and the day, but keep keep the year. So there is there is some some information that is useful to me, but it's not um, uh, not anonymous.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. This is called a generalization, and uh, uh yes generalization um from from a uh privacy point of view uh generalization actually preserves more information than uh the suppression approach uh, and uh, definitely even more information than this extraction pr- approach uh <clears throat> so uh the but uh, uh for for the problem we study here the question is um, Is it uh, even possible to have an efficient uh, and a private protocol uh, for generalization? Well, uh, I have not uh, rigorously uh, investigated this problem, but my guess is it's pretty difficult. Yes? You mentioned efficient. Uh, Have you done a complexity analysis or communication complexity analysis of this protocol? Well, uh, so I cannot give you the precise uh, analysis, but uh, um, a rough analysis is that it's polynomial time and the polynomial uh, uh, communication complexity. Um, So I think uh, by efficient, uh, yes, actually you are right, Uh, it's it's not... I'm not terribly precise here. So by efficient, uh, I mean, first, uh, um, it has to be polynomial. Second, uh, we don't want to uh, too high orders, for example. Yeah.
0: I'm just, the reason I'm asking you is you're saying polynomial, but
1: you said that the mm-hmm. group size uh, over which you were operating was mm-hmm. exponential. Exponential in what? In a security parameter.
0: Oh, OK. Not in the size of the database. Okay.
1: No.
0: <laughs> okay. You're you are also checking for all subsets sometime, right? All subsets of quasi identifiers. The last protocol you, get, you give mm-hmm. checks for all subsets of quasi identifiers, am I right?
1: The all protocol. subsets of quasi identifiers, no. All, all quasi identifiers, not all subsets of quasi identifiers. So you don't
0: look different combinations of no, 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 no,
1: no. That would be too, too, too inefficient. Yes?
0: And the other question is in the first one. Is, there, is it possible to have a probing attack? First one? The first one. No,
1: I mean the first solution, yes, this one. This one? Yeah. Yes. Probing, can okay.
0: Because the thing <laughs> is, uh, if the key used to decrypt something based on a public function of the cross-site and fire, mm-hmm. the miner can say, for example, look whether there is a birthday with this date, and then look for the key of this date and then try to decrypt the function to see whether there's a person like that. so you said, you said that if I didn't get it wrong mm-hmm. the key to decrypt something will depend on the a function of the quest identifier
1: no that, that was the pseudo solution, not a, the not a final solution so. Good. You didn't tell us the
0: final solution,
1: right? I, I did. Here. This is a final solution.
2: But the, if, if I have one of those, so I know.
1: Uh, once I learn. The, the,
2: so the key. The key is based on each. So, so the
0: miner doesn't know the
1: encryption key. So who generated this polynomial? Who generates this polynomial? Ah, oh, this this is a good question. So <clears throat> this needs to so actually I hide this uh, this this in the paper. So actually this needs to be done using an existing technique called a, a, a distributed key generation (DKG). So it's also a protocol. But uh, we have existing protocol for for this purpose.
0: this protocol is running by among which party?
1: Among the customers. uh, Among the, uh, let me see. The miner is not involved. Yeah, just among the customers. So
0: are the customer having the same set of uh, this uh, identifier, they run this protocol to generate polynomial? is there a unique, a different polynomial for each combination of identifying mm-hmm. information,
1: right? Mm-hmm. And if you have, all I I I point. see your point. Yeah. I see your point. So so here, yeah, here the thing is that actually, actually we have, yeah. Here it's actually pretty complicated. So the thing is that actually this is not a, this is just an illustration. Okay. So actually all the customers all the customers are, are using the same 2NK secret sharing okay so but we have just as you you have noticed we have to separate these guys with the same cozy ID and only allow them to to be on this curve so this so this is done by you know introducing the cozy ID into the computation, and we, we kind of, well, <laughs> well. So this is uh, so the final thing is something the quasi ID raised to an exponent, and uh, the secret sharing all the shares and uh, the secret keys are on the exponent, and this quasi ID is is on the floor. So this is pretty complicated.
0: Any other questions? Let's thank the speaker. Thank you.